Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. And you didn't think it was going to come back this soon, did you? You thought we were just going to forget about it and do it all. Oh, I think not, my friend. We are back yet again. I'm joined by Matt Smith. Oh, snap. Can you see me? No, you can't. No, you cannot because we invisible. We just like uh, Drax, man. We're sitting in the back and you can't see me. I ain't even here. And uh, so, so yeah, man, we're going to be talking about uh, the Invisible Man, uh, which had its uh, theatrical release and uh, and then gone all of a sudden. But, Made a shit ton of money, and then yeah, hey, look, <laughs> yeah. they did fine, they did okay, they but did great. I'll say this: uh, when your movie only costs seven million dollars, uh, you know. You're uh-huh. gonna do. You're gonna do pretty well. You're you're gonna yeah. be in the black. I, I you have to like suck real hard. Yeah. Uh, to do that, especially if you've got the, uh, you know, somebody like Universal behind you where you're opening up in, you know, 3,000 screens or whatever, uh, be, be it out for two weeks. Guess what, bitches? They still made money. So they're, they're, yeah. they're plenty good. But the cool that part movie, is that movie cost $7 million. It's insane. And worldwide, they made 124 before moving to streaming. I have no idea what it looks like streaming. I can't imagine that it's not making more money since people are stuck at home. But, uh, yeah, just cleaning up. So, uh, you know, if you didn't get out to see it in theaters, it is available, as Matt just said there, uh, on uh, your various streaming platforms of such. Go check that out. It runs you about 20 bucks, which, you know, it's hilarious. We didn't talk about this in our last episode, but I, I saw a thing that goes, well, uh, movie studios are now saying they want $20 for the rental of their kind of new releases and everything. Most people want to pay around 6 And I'm just like, what fucking, what world are you living in right now? Like, if you went with two people to go see the movie, that's 20 bucks right there. Yeah, mo- the average ticket price is somewhere around $10, I think, on a national level. Here in Atlanta, I mean, like, you know, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen dollars is typical mm-hmm. uh, for for evening and uh, weekend. Uh, and I imagine, you know, I know that in New York and LA, it's like twenty bucks a person. So, you know, it, it's not like twenty dollars. You can get you, whoever's uh, locked in your house. Yes, if you're alone, it's a high price. But also, uh, you don't have to watch it. No, you don't. You you can wait, and then it will eventually come out on some sort of streaming thing uh, for yeah. next to nothing or free. Right, exactly. So you you'd be all right. Just you know, yeah. but if you want to see something new and the newest of new stuff, it's available out there. Uh, so this is the uh, newest one here from Jason Blum. And Noah, what do you say we go ahead and take a listen to the trailer? Yeah, let's do that. As the attorney representing Adrian's trust, I'm required to read a prepared statement. Cecilia, although our relationship was far from perfect, I thought that you would talk to me rather than run away. Are you okay? What happened to him? He cut his wrists. Per his final wishes, you're getting $5 million. Contingent, of course, on the fine print. He can't be ruled to be mentally incompetent. It just doesn't make any sense. What? Adrian wouldn't kill himself. Listen, you're getting your freedom back, okay? Don't let him haunt you. Hello? I'm scared. You don't have to be scared of him anymore. He was a sociopath, completely in control of everything. 
He said that wherever I went, he would find me, walk right up to me, and I wouldn't be able to see him. Are you okay? Someone sitting in that chair. I found something that can prove what I'm experiencing. You need help. Adrian is dead. I went to his house today. He's not dead. I have a pile of ashes in the box that would disagree with you. He has figured out a way to be invisible. Only thing more brilliant than inventing something that makes you invisible is coming up with the perfect way to torture you, even in death. Adrian's true genius was how he got in people's heads. Don't come any closer. Hey! I'm not crazy. Please listen to me. You're saying the person trying to kill you is in the room right now, but we can't see him? He's listening. Where are you? Where are you? Show yourself! Come on! Do it! There you are. Alrighty, that was the trailer for uh, The Invisible Man. Uh, this is written and directed by Lee Winnell. Uh, you know, he's kind of done a little something or other, right? Nothing. A few a, things. A couple of deals. <laughs> a few things. I think uh, probably most people would. Uh, the, I, the most high profile thing was he co wrote the, uh, uh, the first Saw movie. Well, that and the Insidious films. Insidious films are, did did quite well, uh, yeah. also. And although although Saw is kind of like the biggest uh, thing, uh, I think. Uh, but yeah, he he's uh, kind of a big deal. Yeah, and uh, he's fo- this is his follow up uh, to was last year or the year before for Upgrade. Two years uh, ago, I think. Upgrade was 2018. Yes, 2018. Okay. Yeah, uh, which was which was great. Another uh, super low budget kind of thing where uh, you d- uh, hopefully now I will say this to anybody out there: if you haven't seen Upgrade, don't look up anything about it. Just go watch it. Yeah, just go watch it. it, you, it you have so much better of a time if you if you know nothing about that thing going in. The Invisible Man, however, you probably will know a little bit about that on account of uh, there's been an Invisible Man movie once or twice before. <laughs> Uh, uh-huh. tell us about some of those movies. Uh, well, uh, so it's based on a novel, of course, right? Um, by H.G. Wells, uh, about a, a mad scientist who creates this serum, uh, that, uh, makes him go invisible. It also drives him insane. Uh, Universal, uh, first had this film, uh, adapted in, um, the 19... 19- 30s, I think it was 33, uh, with Claude Rains. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was directed by James Whale, who most people know as the director of uh, Bride of Frankenstein, but also had directed um, uh, The Old Dark House, which is like one of the great um, haunted house movies. Uh, it's not really a haunted house movie. It's kind of a pre- precursor, but it's also a comedy. Uh, he also directed the first Frankenstein. Bizarrely, uh, also directed a lot of things that were not horror movies. Um, but uh, that Invisible Man's great. Uh, it's kind of a pioneer for uh, film special effects. Um, there, there have been several iterations. The shittiest one is uh, 
by none other than John Carpenter, uh, <laughs> surprisingly enough. Um, memoirs of the Invisible Man, mm-hmm. uh, where it, it's like a weird dramedy sort of thing. Um, uh, it's it's terrible. Uh, it's got Chevy Chase in it, uh, which, you know, I'm not a guy to get down on uh, Chevy Chase or, or whatever, but Memoirs of an Invisible Man really is a low point, I think, in, in everybody involved's uh, career. Like, <laughs> Everyone like should be ashamed. in that thing. <laughs> Daryl Hannah's in that thing. Um, it is not good. Uh, yeah. Michael McKeon, if I'm remembering correctly, is also in there. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so for a while they'd been wanting, you know, I, I think we've discussed prior, uh, on this show, but you know, it's worth rehashing, rehashing briefly for a while now. Universal has been trying to get like their monster franchise back. Yeah. Uh, this, this started, uh, a while ago, uh, Van Helsing was their first attempt at really doing this. That was great. Um, I saw, I saw a sneak preview of Van Helsing and the guy who ran the AMC theater there at the time. He came in and he was just like, hey, everybody, I got a chance to see this a little bit earlier, and I'll say this. If this movie's in any indication, our summer's going to be fantastic this year. We saw the movie, and I looked at my dad, and I was just like, if that's any indication of the summer, we're screwed, because that movie sucked. Uh, Yeah, it was not good. Uh, They then tried to uh, back-end a lot of this in, well, there were a couple of things. Uh, first was the Wolfman uh, with uh, Benicio del Toro, Benicio del Toro mm-hmm. which is actually, I think, quite good. Uh, a really interesting production history. I don't know if you've listened to the uh, the WTF interview. I think it was WTF with uh, Rick Baker, uh, the special effects guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I believe I did. Yeah, it's, it's, well, a, it's a couple months back, he, right? He, uh, yeah, he tells he talks about that movie a little bit, not going into great detail. Um, but basically, uh, every step along the way, like he and Benicio del Toro were like, Hey, we're making a movie called the Wolfman. Let's make it a Wolfman movie. (laughs) And everyone else, studio, uh, director, Joe Johnston, everybody else was just like, well, we don't really want to make a Wolfman movie. And it's like, no, this is the, this is a monster. It's called Wolfman. Damn it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so that, uh, of course, did not work. I think it did okay, but uh, did not pan out. Uh, their next attempt at getting their horror franchise off was the terrible uh, Dracula Untold. Hey, the uh, last which, scene of Dracula Untold made me go like, ooh, I want to see the sequel, but the rest of the movie I, did suck ass. Yeah, I wanted to see the movie that came after that. The yeah. one that they set up, I think, would have been the one to do. Uh Thankfully, I Frankenstein, which is the most god awful version Woo! of any of this, was not part of this and is not affiliated with Universal. So, <laughs> so uh, they then tried again a couple years back with The Mummy, the Tom mm-hmm. Cruise movie, uh, where they finally launched in earnest the Dark Universe and uh, failed miserably. Yeah. Uh, that movie was about a quarter of an, of a good movie and maybe another quarter of an okay movie and then half shit. <laughs> uh, I didn't hate it. I don't hate it still. I think there are very good things in it. But one of the things uh, that I, I actually like the concept of the most, but the execution is very poor, is there is a 30-minute sequence in the middle where the entire movie stops so that you can be introduced to uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, who then explains the concept <laughs> of what the movie is supposed to be doing with a dark universe. 
to you, like literally <laughs> just explains it. And although I like that as a conceit, like the secret monster hunting organization that does all this stuff, and that's the way you're going to execution is terrible. Uh, so here, uh, they, they had all these other things. I think Bride of Frankenstein is still slated for production at some point. I yeah, think there's they, still they paperwork on the, on the table with uh, Angelina Jolie for some reason. But Invisible Man, I don't know if you remember, like three years ago, was supposed to be made with Johnny Depp. No, I don't remember that. Yeah, so he back when they were doing all of the high-profile Dark Universe deals, Invisible Man was supposed to be a vehicle for Johnny Depp to join in. And thank fucking Christ, uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> I, I Listen, I, I, I now that I'm, I kind of vaguely remember, and I always thought, that like, hey, if we can get Johnny Depp off-screen, maybe that's not a bad <laughs> idea. Right. Uh, but we come into this one, man, and who knew that it would take uh, Jason Blum, Lee Winnell, and only $7 million to go, oh, shit, we might actually uh, have something on our hands here. Uh, yeah. Now, one of the cool things about this is that uh, y- with The Invisible Man, having known what we've kind of seen in the past with you know the original and, of course, Different things. Uh, we we didn't mention uh, Paul Verhoeven's Hollow Man, which I listen. Yeah, it's, it's all right. A, it's a, it's over the top. It's a little bit crazy. Some of those effects are per, still pretty good. And yeah, I think I think part of the problem is you know Paul Verhoeven's movies tend to veer into sleaze really easily if yeah. satire doesn't work <laughs> accurately mm-hmm. in those movies, and that movie is a little too sleazy without enough satire. Right. Like part of the whole thing of him, like being this creepy guy stalking this woman and like essentially raping her, like all this stuff does not thematically add up to very much. No. And so that's where I fall apart on it, where it's just like, I get it, Verhoeven, and this is kind of your deal, but it's executed much better in a lot of other movies of his. Uh, But with this one, we have uh, Elizabeth Moss is actually, and that's what I thought was cool about this, is that uh, usually it's told more or less from the the perspective of the person going invisible we've foregone that all all along here and gone to elizabeth moss character uh who is uh having who's being terrorized by this invisible man or is she Mm. yeah (laughs) and 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 i think this is a perfect conceit for now right i mean Mm -hmm. I i think it's a very prescient uh commentary on all kinds of things that have gone on in Hollywood and politics uh, over the past like five or six years, uh, predominantly things like the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. um, but uh, also uh, just kind of like de- dealing with uh, a, a general culture of misogyny and uh, you know treating women equally and with respect and things like that. And I don't think that it is an accident that Elizabeth Moss was attracted to this project. Yeah, I mean, she's she has a history of playing uh, characters that are just smashed upon all the time and and tormented. It's kind of it's kind of her mo for a lot of films. It seems films, TV shows, all that kind of stuff. Uh, she plays distressed rather well. Well, and she's she's fucking good, man. I mean, like, uh, you know, we when I saw Us. Right, mm-hmm. uh, the Jordan Peele movie. I like that movie a lot. I like it a lot more than I think most people do. But 
you know, I'm not ashamed to say that she comes on screen and she walks off with that movie for a good 20 minutes or so. Like you, you forget and do not care that all the other people are in it when she's on screen in that thing. Yeah. Her, her uh, section and she's is pretty good. She's ostensibly a sort of main character in us, but you know, uh, you know, is, is clearly not the emphasized <laughs> person. You ain't on the poster. Yeah. She's not the star. So, uh, but yeah, she's, she's just amazing. Uh, she was also quite good in the kitchen. Uh, I don't know if y'all talked about that at all over on. No, uh, we thought about it, but it was one of those that we just didn't get around to doing it because it, it ultimately it didn't excite us too much. It's like, hey, it's a comic book movie, but it's kind of like it's just a it's a crimey sort of thing. So I guess it didn't feel sexy enough, so to speak. But I mean, uh-huh. nowadays with how uh, movies are uh, not being released, perhaps we may go back to that <laughs> well faster than we had realized. That's true. <laughs> So it's, some days we may just go, hey, the kitchen. Let's 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 hook that up if it's on streaming or something like that. Uh, one of the things that, like, when I knew, obviously, this is you know your your Blumhouse and seven million dollars. I thought, how in the sweet hell are we going to get an Invisible Man movie out of this? Because, uh, I mean, most recently, like I said, with Hollow Man, that's a very expensive movie. There's yes. a lot of crazy CGI in that and all kinds of stuff. And uh, for $7 million bucks, it's like, well, how are they going to pull this off? And son of a bitch, uh, they just did it the most obvious way. You're not going to say him. Yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't well, exist. And like we're looking at a lot of empty stuff, and wildly that makes it extremely scary. Well, you know, that's something that I think uh, Lee Wan-El, right, right, the screenwriter, understands pretty well, right? Like, Saw... The first one that he that he really like said like it was his script right mm-hmm. um, is all about the thing that you don't see happening and he's the kid on the floor for those of you that may not even know that he was also yes. you know in in the bathroom there and he was he was the opposite of Carrie Elwes and in and in the Insidious films he's one of the two ghost hunting guys right so uh, but he like understands how to use negative space, right? Like, like saw and, and insidious is all about up until the point in insidious where it becomes all about, you can see them is just, you don't see anything. We're operating with nothing on screen mm-hmm. and we're really just going to manipulate you in that way. Um, and it's really cleverly done. Uh, and it's very suspenseful in this movie. Like I, I was, I think the only other movie I saw in the past year where I was like just intensely anxious while watching it was uncut gems. Oh yeah. Yeah. This... I was just like the whole time I was like, where like I'm stressed out and invisible man were like for most of the movie really got me to that level again. Yeah. It's, it's amazingly tense and that it is. It, what's cool about it is like you, you can sit with these shots and, and he's literally like you heard it there in the trailer. Like you're pointing at a chair. Are you seeing like you know? Is this chair just a well-worn chair? Is someone actually sitting in the chair? Somebody may be sitting in the chair. And the great, not only just the fact that he you know is doing this, could be doing this. We're still not a hundred percent sure uh, as the movie kind of goes along. Uh, I think most of us do believe that it's there, but also at the same time, you can't prove something. It's invisible. No one's there. Everyone also questions her sanity. She has gone through some stuff. So, uh, you know, you could understand, you know, this person being a little bit on edge. 
Uh, it's, again, amazingly, amazingly done. And a uh, great supporting cast as well. Yes. Uh, I think that the supporting cast like uh, really does um, lift a lot of the weight of, of an invisible co-star for, uh, <laughs> for her. Um, you know, she's effectively acting against uh, nothing for a lot of very big scenes, but um, particularly uh, uh, Aldous Hodge, who plays James, is very good, like her, her friend that she stays with. Um Great! I love that they didn't they that they didn't go what would clearly obviously be the direction of having these two romantically linked. I like that it was just a very kind of plutonic. This cop is you know bringing her into the house and everything. They're buddies. Mm-hmm. They're friends. It, they didn't feel the need to sexualize that and make it another weird level of something. It just didn't need to be there. And that's what's that's no. what's nice about it. It's like you felt this kind of family vibe. With it, with him and his daughter and her, and you you felt that relationship, and you and you understand it almost immediately, which is which is it shows you how you know well Winnell knows how to set up the story, and because it's set up so well, the last half of the movie where you really see things start to get manipulated um, by the uh, you know possible invisible antagonist. Mm-hmm. Uh, really does ratchet up like the stakes pretty effectively at that point um to where you really are just like holy shit he's gonna like do all this stuff he's gonna end up getting away with it uh much like i do want to also say much like uh in wanell's previous film upgrade uh the the like ratcheting up towards uh insanity in in the big set pieces is really organic and uh, and like moves along really smoothly. So like in Upgrade, right? So by the time he gets around to really beating the shit out of people mm-hmm. and doing all these superhuman things, there's been this long progression of him getting towards that. And just like here, like you really do get the sense of by the time she is in the asylum and, uh, you know, in custody the guy who is uh, tormenting her has clearly gone crazy yeah. at that point, right? Like he clearly, like he's, uh, there's like this big, really well done and well orchestrated intense scene uh, of him escaping from that institution after she has attacked him, right? Like figuring out where he just goes through, uh, officer after officer after officer. Again, kind of using a lot of the same, in a way, tech camera techniques that you saw in Upgrade that were just uh-huh. that seemed at the that were like, oh wow, this is something that we don't see. People aren't doing things like this, and he does a bit of that right. again, which just makes. And when somebody, you know, a hundred plus years into film goes, we're going to show you something, we're going to film this in a weird different style that you're not used to seeing, that's a big deal. That doesn't really happen. And, and like, just the way that he's moving the camera and how things ramp up, slow down, it's super interesting. And and I love that he's kind of made that uh, a little bit of his signature style in a weird way. Yes. Uh, and I don't think, like, whereas some directors way overuse a signature style, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we can talk about Zack Snyder if you want. But, yeah, that's very much uh, But I don't want to get those people on Twitter. Um, 
you know, he uses it pretty sparingly. And that's like, why it's like, so effective. And that's why it's effective. Like the most, the, most of this movie is pretty classically shot and put together. And, uh, it really does rely on the strength of the storytelling and the actors to get it going. Uh, but by the time the, the, uh, the pizzazz shows up as it were, uh, you're fully on board, I think. Yeah, it, ex- exactly. That's that. That was one of the cool parts. Is that like the, they saved all of it. It kind of kept it built. It built it. It built. Uh, what the fuck is wrong with me? I can't talk. Yeah, today. yeah, it's fine. It's built. It, it it's built fine. it over and over and over again to where once it got to that point, it was like letting that release valve go, which was really good because that's what we needed at that point. Because you'd ratcheted and ratcheted and ratcheted up, and then when it goes down, it's like whoo. What a relief that happens. And even after that point, the movie takes kind of a, I don't want to say like a twist per se, but it goes in a slightly different direction than one might have thought with it. And we're not going to spoil anything because I do want people to see this. But the movie didn't end exactly how I thought it would. And at the same time, too, I was like, okay, it kind of sets it up for a possible sequel if and they wanted to do that. And uh, it also uh, changes your perspective, maybe, maybe changes your perspective a little bit on what this character could be, you know, doing or thinking or whatever. It's it that's what I thought was kind of powerful about it is that uh it just it changes and I didn't feel like at any time that I 100% knew where this movie was going. And that's a refreshing feeling. Uh yeah, uh, agreed. I also liked that there were things in the last half that were in the trailer for the film but the bulk of what you see in the trailer is really in the first half of the movie and i thought that was nice to, to not because the trailer can feel like it's giving you the whole the whole game but it doesn't really uh and i and i think people should know that like yes there's stuff in there and yes there's predictable stuff because all of this operates on some formula but uh it really does not give you the whole movies uh trajectory no i think i'd maybe seen like a quick teaser or something but like i didn't remember any of it which i thought was great because um so many movies these days it's just so bad seeing this trailer and it's like well i got a good sense of what everything in that that is and uh they've been get. i think trailer houses by and large have been getting a lot better with stuff uh and i'll even say uh and we talked about it way back in the day is that uh I even like when they do kind of fake trailers, if you will. And, and the one that I come to think of easiest is the, uh, I want to say it's Paranormal Activity 3, uh-huh. uh, where they showed you in the trailer, hey, here's this scene. And when you're watching that scene in the theater, you go, I've seen this in the trailer. I know what's going to happen here. And it's a completely different take. It's something, uh, the, that scare that was in the trailer is not in here. And boy, does that throw you into like a very uneasy feeling. It's like, oh, shit, wait a minute, you're not showing the thing that was in the, well, where is this coming? And by the time that you're thinking that, boom, then that scare comes and you've crapped yourself. Uh, so, but I, I'm, I'm happy we're seeing uh, a lot of uh, trailer houses really pulling back and just tease us, man. Don't show us the whole thing. Uh, agreed. And, and yeah, they are getting better. So, uh, you know, this movie we were talking about, just to, to kind of get towards wrapping this up, we were talking about how successful this is. Uh, I, I'm certain you saw the news a couple weeks back that based on this, uh, Blumhouse um, has started developing a Dracula film. 
Oh, I call all vampire films Draculas. <laughs> well, well, a vampire film, uh, but, but it's it's with the keys, I think, to uh, to Universal's thing. Well, so I will say this: it's, uh, uh, Karen Kusama directing. Oh right? yes, 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 yes. Um, la- I don't I don't know if you saw because we had, we weren't doing the show at that point, but uh, last year uh, her film Destroyer with uh, Nicole Kidman. Um, no, I was just uh, blew me away. I mean, like if you want to see a really good Nicole Kidman performance, holy shit, that movie. Um, but you know, she also directed uh, Jennifer's Body, The Invitation, which were uh, um, both horror films, and the screenwriters for uh, Invitation and Destroyer are also working on the Dracula film. So I, I've, I think that's interesting. Maybe they've figured out, like, hey, maybe we don't need to do this giant connected universe, maybe we can start out doing like just some good movies and see where that takes us. Yeah. I think that's, that's where they really need to figure it out <laughs> is just going like, Oh, maybe we should just, uh, instead of trying to do like everyone else and become, you know, Marvel and uh, listen, I, I understand the, uh, the want to do that. That's a lot of, that's a lot of bread. Uh, but not everybody is going to be able to do all that, and so the fact that they're they're finally stepping back and going, let's just make some good movies, and if they all connect and stuff, that'll be even the better. But let's focus on making the actual film good. It's a crazy idea, I know. Yeah, yeah, weird that they want to do that. Uh, you know, since it worked out four times before to not do that. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. What you don't understand is that this time, this time, this is the time where it's going to work. You don't even know what you're talking about. So, uh, uh, But that's Invisible Man, everybody. Uh, I think two pretty high recommendations from us. And uh, Lord knows if you're stuck inside the house, now is the time to uh, check it out. At least get, like I said, being even if it's 20 bucks a month, get a... No more groups than 10, and everybody sit however fucking many feet apart they're telling us to do now. But, you know, get a couple people together and, and watch it, and you won't feel so bad about that $20, you know? Yeah, I mean, hopefully most of you are out there, you have at least one other person in the house. It's 10 bucks a person. It's cheaper than a date night. Oh, uh, and, know, and, and for know, all of you... you can't leave right now, but... Yeah, you know, and for all it. of you nutso dog people, like, you know, you can't take your dog into the film. Now you've got a, you've got your dog there. So, it's you know... With your dog. Uh, you you can be like the uh, women who tried to watch Sex in the City two with uh, like bottles of wine and stem glasses uh, that I had to kick out that time. Classy Just do that ladies, classy ladies. That's how they are. <laughs> yes, it's a Thursday night and we're <laughs> we're over forty and we're white ladies. You better watch your ass, boy. <laughs> oh man, we do what we want, and uh, what we want to do is uh, more of these shows for you. Uh, please email us at thefilmfind at gmail.com if you've got any suggestions for what you'd like to wa- uh, like us to watch and review on this program. And of course, we're gonna have Give a us lot your more streaming, your content. streaming gems. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. Stream Give gems. Us your streaming gems uh, streaming. That, that you think people should see. Uh, so do all that kind of good stuff. And what I would like you to do is join us back here next time for more more streaming talk, more uh, of all this kind of new things. Because, uh, you know, we're back, baby. We got nothing else better to do. And uh, so for Matt Smith, I'm Adam Fortress, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>